Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. The Big Yellow School Bus is driving around town and making a stop at McDowell Elementary School. We are going to go and visit with interim principal, Miss Tanya Potts. Good morning. Hi, Tanya. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. We are also going to have with us today Dr. Whitney Kovac. She is the school counselor behavior facilitator. I can say it. Facilitator. Hi, Whitney. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, ladies, for coming and uh, um, participating on the Big Yellow School Bus. We love it when we get our schools in here to talk about what's going on in their schools. And so before we get into actual school activities, let's let our listening audience know a little bit about who we have on the radio today. So, of course, I'll go with you first because I introduced you first, Ms. Potts. Tell us a little bit about you, your history, Murray County Public Schools, and, and you, you know, you currently are the interim principal at McDowell, and you can share a little bit about McDowell because uh, it is public knowledge that McDowell will be closing this year. This is their last year. So without getting too emotional like I did last week, let's go ahead and try to tell a little bit about ourselves. Okay. Um, I started in Murray County a long time ago. That was like uh, last week? Yeah. Almost. Uh, 1993, and I remember walking into that first classroom at Hampshire School and being so excited that we had the latest technology. I had an overhead projector and was thrilled with that. Still chalkboards, all those things. Um, So I spent many years. That was the age of Windows 95. I wouldn't know. We, did, we didn't I was have very, those. <laughs> I was very excited when I moved to Tennessee in 1993, worked for a company here, and they were a um, pilot program for Windows 95 in the industry. It was so exciting times. It was. And, and I've lived through every iteration of that technology in the classroom from we were thrilled when we got the 500-inch big TVs that would kill a child if it had fallen on one. <laughs> yes, it um, would. They were heavy. <laughs> but we had TVs, so that yeah. was good. Um, and little by little, every year we got a little more and a little more. Uh, so I spent several years teaching at Hampshire. Uh, I have uh, also taught at Central High School. I was there for 11 years, starting there in 2005. Loved every minute of that. And through both of those times, I had taught middle school and high school. What did you teach at uh, Central High School? My daughters were both um, went to Central. Actually, I taught. I know one of your daughters there. Uh, I Amanda taught, or Jessica? Amanda. Okay. Amanda. Yeah, that's my youngest daughter. So I taught 10th grade English there and then 9th grade English. I'm pretty sure I had Amanda in 10th grade. Okay. So I was there until, uh, let's see, fall of 2016, I think. And at that point, I became the ELA coach for Murray County and did that for two years. And then became. Explain to our listening audience what ELA is because yeah, I'm sorry, we use acronyms yeah. all the time. We and do. I always try to remember to say what an acronym is. So, what does ELA Thank mean? Thank you. ELA is English Language Arts. Okay, good. So, that kind of encompasses when you're a high school teacher, we call it English. When you're a middle school teacher, sometimes we call it reading or ELA. In lower elementary, we call it literacy or reading, but all of it falls under the English language arts umbrella. Okay. So everything having to do with reading, speaking, writing, all the above. ELA. That is all ELA. Um, Mr. Lyons was actually an ELA teacher in Murray County as well. We have uh, Coach, talked Coach to Lyle is here in the studio with us yep. today. Hey, Coach, how are you today? Hello, how are you? Good. Yeah, we spent many uh, many an in-service together. <laughs> we did. Lots of committees pounding through that yes, curriculum. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, planning that uh, we either, sometimes we got to use and sometimes we didn't. <laughs> True. But at least it was planned out. At yeah. least it was oh, the, planned. Yeah, That's the, in-service, right. the in-service was fun. It was, the, 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 it was coming after the in-service and trying to get all that stuff to work <laughs> while we were doing everything else was was. Sometimes an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what did, What after um, that? Uh, after that, three years ago, I began as the assistant principal at McDowell and, uh, when Dr. Brecken Pennell was the principal. And then, of course, Christmas of this year, she moved to central office, and I was honored to be able to step in as interim principal after that. 
And I hear great things about what you're doing over there as your interim principal at, at McDowell. Thank so you. thank you for all you do and all you have done for the district. Sounds like you have had a great career working at Murray County Public Schools. I have. I have been very blessed to work many with more the years Murray County come. families. All thank right, you. Whitney, let's, let's let our listening audience learn a little bit about what you do for Murray County Public Schools. All right. Well, I came to Murray County Schools um, about three years ago as um, the first social emotional learning coach um, at McDowell. Um, so I came here my first year here. I did social emotional learning. And then um, the last two years, I have been um, the school counselor, behavior facilitator, and also have encompassed social emotional learning into that as well. Um I've been in education almost 10 years. Um, I've been a classroom teacher, a school counselor, um, and I've also been um, the supervisor of people support for another district. So um, I've worn many hats in my short tenure as an educator. You sure have. And you, you uh, covet the doctor um, uh, title. I'm, I'm really uh, like that. I'm trying to get my daughter, to Amanda, to get her doctorate. But I think she's going to be planning something like grandkids or something. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that, too. <laughs> So, you know, one or the other, either get that doctorate or, or give me some grandbabies, one of the two. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I know I lean on you and Dr. Miss Potts to whenever I have anything McDowell. Um, you know, when we have the news, pre- the press, you know, the newspaper, local newspaper want to come. Um, you guys were very um, uh, happy to have, to invite them into the school and talk to them and share some of the history and stuff and allow um, uh, the newspaper to take photos and stuff. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Anytime. Um, McDowell has a long history here in Murray County, and a lot of people are sad to see it go, but there's a lot of reasons why the school needs to close because there's a lot lot of um, work needs to be done there so we won't dwell on that but we will acknowledge that we are saddened that a long history is coming to an end at McDowell Elementary School yeah absolutely um, I think there are so many things that we are proud of uh, in the history of our building but also what we do currently and the way that we are able to serve our families um, I think when Dr. Kovac came on board three years ago, it was the same time I came in, and she and I both um, really embraced the idea of restorative practices. That first spring that we were together, she and I actually attended a restorative practice training in Nashville that was several days long, um, and we have just been so pleased with the reception by our teachers of this program uh, not really a program, but more just a mindset about right. the way we, we approach yeah. students and the way we approach families, the way we approach conflict. Yeah, and my notes, we're going to get into a little bit about that, right? Sure. We're going to talk brag about the school. Yeah. Um, and I wore a special shirt for you guys. You wouldn't see this on the radio today, but you guys <laughs> remind me of the Batman and Robin. <laughs> you and got it. Elementary, because you're always together. That's it. always <laughs> taking care of things. So I wore my Batman t-shirt underneath my, uh, my button-down shirt today, well, and I just shared that. Um, we we kind of embrace the bats at McDowell. You, you're so. kind of a dynamic duo, right? Okay. We are. That's right. All right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things going on at um, McDowell Elementary School. I'm really impressed by the SEL programs, and you can tell the listening audience what SEL stands for, again, so everybody understands, and what things have happened with your SEL program? Okay, well, SEL stands for social-emotional learning, um, and and part of that social-emotional learning is the restorative practices piece of that. They really work well together. So I'm going to let Dr. Kovac speak more to that as our behavioral counselor. She's um, She is definitely the, um, the primary go-to for this. Okay, so social-emotional learning, um, the state has come out with social-emotional learning competencies that are supposed to be embedded into all of our schools. One of the things that we did at McDowell the very first year I came was to train teachers on what social-emotional learning was and what it looked like in the classroom. Um, Social-emotional learning ties into college and career readiness. And one of the things that um, at McDowell and with Murray County School District is we want every child to be educated for life. Um, And so those social-emotional learning competencies tie into college and career readiness. Um, So we have taken um, an approach every morning 
um, the classrooms have um, kind of a morning time. We call it restorative time, and they do their restorative circles, which ties into the restorative practice, but they also tie in something with social-emotional learning. But that's not the only time we do social-emotional learning. Our teachers have done a really good job of tying in social-emotional learning into um, the classroom and the classroom community. For example, responsible decision-making is one of the social-emotional learning competencies. And responsible decision-making looks different at all grade levels. So maybe they're doing a math project or a STEM project. You know, what does responsible decision-making look like in a team? What does it look like for an individual? Um, So we really tie in social-emotional learning into the content of our lessons. Um, It has really just become social-emotional learning and restorative practice has become just a way of the way we do things at McDowell. Um, And the teachers have really taken a hold of it um, and our uh, students have really grown. I imagine that the SEL program, Social Social Emotional Learning, has a lot to do with um, the discipline portion of the school and helping with the discipline, correct? It does. It's a proactive approach to discipline. Um, And when you have a framework of social-emotional learning that is built into the culture and climate of the school, you have the byproduct of um, discipline rates going down because you're equipping... So less discipline is involved. That is correct. So what you were doing is you were equipping students with skills and knowledge that they need in order to regulate their behaviors. That is pretty cool. Um, anytime you can eliminate, um, you know, the disciplinary processes that are required, especially in the young kids. Um, I hate to say you have to do any discipline with a young kid, but I have grandkids. I know you do, so um, it's just the way of the world. Um, but if you have a program such as SEL that helps um, so you don't have to do as much, that's, that's a pretty good program. It is. And it does take work on the front end. Yeah. Um, and so many times, you know, when we read the research on this, one of the pushbacks sometimes from faculties is that they say, I have so much to cover, so much to teach, so many standards to master. I don't have time for the relationship piece. And I completely understand that. Again, you know, 23 years in the classroom, I know exactly what uh, what that push is to try to cover those standards. Uh, one of the things that we uh, just loved seeing, our third and fourth grade especially, because the older students just really grab onto this, often when they're having conflicts among themselves, instead of starting a fight or instead of ringing and tattling on each other, they will go to their teacher and say, we need a circle now. Oh, I like that. And, and this teacher Whatever they're doing, they drop it. All right, let's circle up. And they're able to talk out that issue and talk about how they feel and about how um, how they've hurt each other. And remind, how, remind our listening audience, what ages are we talking about? We are talking, our school is pre-K through four. So when we talk about the third and fourth grade, we have eight and nine-year-olds, maybe a couple of 10-year-olds in there. Um, and that they are, they learn to recognize that, that they're having issues with each other and that that relationship is about to be harmed. And that's what restorative justice is all about. It's about restoring those broken relationships that we've created through our own actions. Um, and our fourth graders now, they've been doing this since they were in second grade. So it's uh, when we have new students move in, they're the ones who start teaching the other students about how we do things at McDowell. Things are different here. I noticed my grandkids, they are just getting so much better with reasoning, and they're in elementary school. One's getting ready to go to um, middle school next year, my grandson, but they're just so much better. I mean, it used to be you'd have to yell at them or say something, and they'd be like, why? Well, now they just, they're like, okay, you know, and they kind of understand things a little bit better than what they used to, and I think it has to do with the that type of program. Now, we'd also, um, when you were talking, and I wanted to bring this up, when you talked about the um, every child, uh, every child for life, um, teaching, it's part of the mission, and I want—I just want to recite the mission. We will provide the educational instruction, tools, and environment for every child to succeed in life as lifelong learners, independent thinkers, fearless innovators, and exemplary citizens. That is the mission of Murray County Public Schools, and you guys are exemplary when you talk about it at McDowell. 
you know, you mentioned that earlier, um, Whitney, when you talked about what you, um, what you were covering. Um, so yeah, this is great stuff. Let's talk. Let's let's build on what you the SEL SEL program. Let's talk about the wraparound services. And who wants to take that and, and explain to our listening audience what that is? I'll let Whitney take that. I mean, that starts with our counseling department and the MTSS program that she has set up there. All right, so, Whitney, give us a little insight to what that means. Okay, so the wraparound services are what Miss um, Potts has said in our MTSS program. An MTSS program starts with... So I'll piggyback off of what Ms. Potts said, our MTSS program for our wraparound services. Okay. Um, MTSS stands for Multi-Tiered System of Support. And what we did is it's a framework of supports for students of academic and behavioral needs. Um, our wraparound services, um, we have uh, trained assistants that we've trained in SEL and um, what we call applied behavioral analysis and they work with students and we put students on plans that need that extra support but sometimes we have to reach out and um, help families in different ways so we've been able to um, build partnerships with all of our mental health um, services within the county and um, also work with DCS if we need to Um, but we have like partnerships with Centerstone mental health cooperative whether it's case management or they need more intensive therapies what we call CCFT which would be an in-home therapy to help students to meet them where they are so that they're more productive at school that is um that is so important, the wraparound services. And, and, and when you're doing this, you're actually working with the whole family, which are involving the parents and stuff, right? That is correct. So what we do is we leverage our family support systems because a lot of times um, at home, sometimes our families need extra support as well. So if we look at the family system as a whole and find out their strengths and even their weaknesses, we're able to plug into those strengths and use those strengths for the child and then um, help them with the weaknesses. I know you have a very diverse um, enrollment at McDowell. Um, I was there recently. Um, we were doing some photo shoots, and you were giving us some statistics. Do you recall that on the uh, the statistics for the the school? It was right around 30, 30, 30, somewhere around there. Yeah, we have about a third, a third, a third split. It's almost um, – it's probably – the equally most diverse school in Murray County. Um, I think African-Americans um, lead, and then um, we have Hispanics and whites. Yeah, and and I'm really impressed when I, I've got my computer sitting here in front of me, and I can see on your website that you have things translated to Spanish right there on the website. Very good. Not, I don't think I've – I don't even do that on the district website. There are some app forms and stuff that we have translated – um, you know, but we don't have everything translated, so it's easily um, read by people that read Spanish. So kudos to you guys for doing that on your website. Who maintains your website? Uh, Angela Mishke, uh is our art teacher. She maintains the website. Great job, Angela. I love seeing that. Go but ahead. in addition to making sure that our forms are translated, we really go out of our way to make sure that we are hiring bilingual people anytime we possibly can. So Very that important. when the pa- pa- when the families come in and they need help, that I mean we will always try to help them. But they there's just a comfort level when they feel that there's someone who literally speaks their language. Absolutely, um, it's so important in our schools nowadays to be able to recognize that we don't all speak the same language. Exactly, um, and we have a large population in the district that speaks Spanish, and and it's not so much maybe the students. But the parents yes. may not speak yes. English or even read English. Yes. And, and I'm familiar with some um, personal cases like that where grandparents, they, you know, they, students live with their grandparents and they don't speak a lick of English or read it. You know, they can get by with the, the cordial stuff. Hello, hi, si, bye, see you later, thanks for coming, you know, stuff like that. But when it comes to reading, they need to have that so they can read it in Spanish. So kudos to you guys on your website for having the Spanish translations right on the homepage. Um, I could read them. It says, uh, I can't read it. Anyway, so let's go ahead and go to a break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the great things happening at McDowell Elementary School. Thank you for being here, ladies. We'll be right back. 
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast on 103.7 WKRM. We are with McDowell Elementary School. We have principal, interim principal Tanya Potts. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. And Dr. Whitney Kovac, she is the school counselor and behavior facilitator. So, so far, we've told a little bit about ourselves, and we've talked about the SEL program. Again, what does SEL stand for? Social Emotional Learning. There you go. I like to get the acronyms out there so people know what we're talking about. We love acronyms everywhere, So, but people are like, oh, I don't know what that means. So, like me, I don't always know what they mean. Um, we talked about um, the wraparound services and working with the whole family. Great, great program. Um, we and I actually was just bragging to you guys about your website because I open up the homepage and I see translations in Spanish right on the homepage. So again, thank you very much for doing that. And we talked about the diversity at your school and the students. Um, it's it, it's amazing. The history of McDowell is amazing. When I talk to people I work with and people in um, positions around the city, from elected to just people that work in the city. Yeah, I went to McDowell. You know, I hear that all the time. And I'm not growing up in this area myself. I'm like, wow, you went to McDowell Elementary School. That's really cool. Um, We have our athletic director, um, Chris Pointer. He talks all the time about how he went to McDowell. You get him on the radio show, he usually mentions the fact that he went to McDowell. So McDowell has rooted with history in this community, from people I work with to people in the community to elected officials, Mayor Chaz Mulder. Absolutely. Um, And he talks all the time about McDowell because he is also an alumni of McDowell Elementary School. And his children go there. And his children are currently there. Let's not forget Shaq Mason. Shaq attack. (laughs) I love that, man. I have a picture. You know, know, on TV, he didn't look that big, that tall, right? So I was in the Boys and Girls Club. I was chairman of the Boys and Girls Club in 2016, and he came to our club. He was going to be one of the speakers at one of the um, fundraising events. And he was on the other end of the room, and I'm sitting there, and we all got up to take a break, and I said, hey, Shaq, can I get a picture made? Well, He's about two foot taller than me, uh-huh. and I don't, I'm not necessarily tall, of course. If you've met me, you'll know that, um, but he's much bigger in person, much taller in person when, uh, than he is on TV. When I taught at Central, one of the classes that I would teach during my planning period, sometimes I would do an ACT prep class with some of our football team. Um, Lynn Roberts, who's the graduation coach, had organized that, and I remember when I had Shaq in that class. And he was sitting right, Shaq, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I'm sorry. He was sitting right in the center of the room. And, of course, these student desks are not huge, and Shaq is. So I'm going down the roster trying to figure out who all is here. And and I I get to him, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what is your name? I'm Shaq. Of course you are. (laughs) And I just remember, I mean, it was just all arms and legs and... (laughs) He's he's such a great person, he you is. know, and, and every year he celebrates Christmas in such yes. a way that he adopts an entire school. Yes. McDowell was actually the first one that I he remember did. that. Yeah. I, I I wasn't working for the district then, but I seen the videos, and it's very yeah. very high emotion. It um, was it was he amazing. Did, he did uh, Highland Park Elementary School last mm-hmm. year, and I was involved in that one. What a great day! What a great time! Um, the children's faces light up. Shaq Mason Foundation, thank you for all you do for Murray County Public Schools. And a gentle reminder, he is alumni of Murray County Public Schools and one of the great, great people that comes back to our community and continues to support Murray County Public Schools. So I think he would be happy to you to tell that story. (laughs) Um, He's he's just that kind of person. He doesn't really um, get too offended too easily. I mean, he has an intimidation factor. It's like 
seven foot tall, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it feels like he's seven foot tall at least. Um, and congratulations on his career in football. Um, he's he's done some some amazing things. Um, um, how many Super Bowl rings he's ad- managed to collect um, uh, playing for New England, um, and. You know, I'm sure there's many great years left for him to do great things. Again, alumni of Murray County Public Schools. So let's talk about some of the current things going on. Um, You've got coming up a carnival. And the carnival is going to encompass partnerships and all kinds of great things happen. It's an internal carnival, right? It is. All right. Uh, Who wants to tell me about what's going on with your carnival? I'll start with that. This is actually the brainchild of our brilliant third grade team. Uh, Lauren Hyatt, Monica Sandrell, and Amanda Inman. And they came to me just a few weeks ago and said, hey, we have an idea. And I always hold my breath when they do that. But um, <laughs> every single time, not only do they have an idea, they have the plan in place. And it So you just, hold your breath, but you still embrace it. I embrace it every time because it's always what's best for our students. Um, I just never know exactly what it's going to require. <laughs> How much work but, it's going to require. Exactly. But they, the work they put in to keep it from being too much work on anybody else is amazing. But the, the rationale was uh, part of our behavior program, we do tickets, and lots of schools do that. Um, you catch a child being good, doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They get a ticket. They get a ticket. Um, in years past, we've been able to, you know, some kids will hold on to their tickets that they haven't spent, and they'll hold on to them and spend them the next year. I tried that yeah. after I got my driver's license. Yeah, it didn't work out very no, well. Doesn't work. <laughs> not quite the same thing. Caught you being good, not speeding. Um, so... What they wanted to do, since the kids won't be able to spend these tickets next year, they wanted to come up with some creative way that they could spend all of their tickets while also encouraging them to maintain positive behavior as we end the school year. And anyone who's ever been in public education knows May's hard. May, it doesn't matter if you're teaching three-year-olds or 18-year-olds, May is hard. Um, and this the this carnival is helping us maintain that the, that the students see good behavior still matters. So it will be, I mean, we're still in COVID. It's still a pandemic. So we can't have um, the carnival that we've always had before, which would be after school with, you know, all the families and parents and all of this. So we're doing the carnival during the day on May 20th. And we are, um, I can't remember. Do you remember, Whitney, how many different stations and things there are for the kids to do? I think there's about 26 different stations that the students um, can participate in. And so they have to get so many tickets Mm -hmm. to earn a ticket into the carnival. But then there are like um, about five different stations that they can pay extra for um, that are like really big stations that they like right so for 20 Um, tickets every child gets in so do do we get to like throw the ball at the the target and dunk the principal into the tank of water they talked about it they They talked about it they might even get to pie her in the face oh my how much fun is that that's still up for negotiation they get to bowl her in the face (laughs) they do get to yes they're plastering my face on bowling pins for sure sounds like so much fun um so for 20 tickets everybody gets to go in and they get to play all the carnival games as many times as they want to but these extra things there is a dance party that will happen in the music room there's um they can buy a we will have water for everyone but they with extra tickets they can buy soda the soda uh, pop junctions at mcdowell yes that's right Uh, So lots of different things like that. All Uh, right. So I see on your website, you have a little flyer on here, and it says you need help with some of the following items. All right. So pre-K, you need party favors and washable tattoos. Yep. Washable tattoos are a lot of fun. They are. Those at our house. Those will be, those will be, um, we're having a face painting station, and they can have their face painted or have a tattoo or both. For kindergarten, just need some party favors. Yep. All right. For the first graders, uh, this will be one of my favorites, cupcakes, mini cupcakes, of course. And get this, that is for the cakewalk. Okay. Which we can't do anymore because it's considered a raffle, but these are tickets. We can do them. So every child who wants to pay their extra to do the cakewalk, they will play until they win. 
and every they will that's why we want those little bitty mini cupcakes because we don't want the all out sugar high of a, right. a full cupcake. Send them, send them home running around their house going crazy and their we parents were, are going, what did you do at school today? We're trying not to do that, parents, I promise. And, okay, we'll go on to second grade. Again, washable tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, third grade, canned sodas. For those that choose to use their tickets to buy a soda. That's okay. for the Soda Pop Junction. Soda Pop Junction. All right. I think Whitney likes that part. She does. And fourth grade, individually wrapped candy. So just pieces of candy like you buy a bag and they're yeah, all individually wrapped. Absolutely. they got to be wrapped, right? Right. And those will be used, the party favors, the candies, things like that. Those will be prizes they will earn um, when they're playing all of the different carnival games. Do you guys like have a king and queen of the carnival no, or anything like that? No, 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 in no, sixth no. grade, I was the king of the carnival. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah. No, we don't do that. It but we're not selling the... tickets for anything. Okay. So that's but how those usually it, work. Now, I'm assuming that even if you didn't get a ticket, you still can participate some way, somehow. Every child will have, they will buy their way in with 20 tickets, and every child will earn those 20 tickets between now and the 20th. So uh, no one is excluded. Everyone is included. I figured as much. Yep. No money, nothing. They can't buy anything with cash. It's just all about earn those tickets. And they earn those tickets with behavior. With behavior. With being good. Literally doing exactly what they're expected to do. No more. So how we tie this into academics is we tell the children they get to go to what's called the loot store every week Mm -hmm. our loot store is shutting down for the next two weeks in order to teach them how to save to get their tickets Ah, so we try to plug in a little financial literacy in here to teach them that we have to save and for for good things that we want um and sometimes we have to work a little harder if we want something a little extra um, Absolutely. Just like everybody does. That's right. Right. So we're trying to tie in the life skill here with them. Um, because I, sometimes I sometimes children, are they, they, they want that gratification right then, right now. So we're trying to teach them to prolong that. I always am amazed at the level of teaching that takes place in our elementary schools. And I watch it because I have grandkids, and and they come every year. It's they're just so more much more articulate. They understand things, and you don't think about it when you're in school. And you barely, I barely remember much of elementary school except a few items. Um, the the fact that we're doing all this at such a young age, it's just setting the stage for middle school and high school and and life to be able to be ready to do things and learn learn things at this young age they're going to carry with them the rest of their lives mm-hmm. very impressionable at, at age third grade right they should know how to read by third grade at, is there a certain level that they need to read at uh, the state just says on grade level by third grade okay and that's measured by the state test and from what i've heard it's so important to be able to read yes at third grade because that sets the stage moving forward for all your grades through uh, your education, even into college, that you have that comprehension of reading. And um, the, the big thing, I can read words, but do it a comprehend them. Exactly. And what we know from reading is when children learn how to read, there's five different components to reading. So just calling words on a paper isn't reading. They have to be able to call those words and comprehend and be able to articulate it back. Um, And we also know that children that can't do that, they have higher behaviors, which is part of why we have an SEL restorative program and the wraparound support. So we can make sure that we are supporting the child, not only social, emotionally, and academically, but also mentally. Um, We know that in our jails, one in five inmates are dyslexic. Um, So that's why it's so important for us to have children reading on the third grade level. I agree with that totally. And, you know, I talk about things, I talked about the Boys and Girls Club. Um, One of the advantages of their program is they've got kids that go through their program all the way through the time they graduate, and they have a 100% graduation rate for kids involved with the Boys and Girls Club. It's a great organization, and it's in majority of our schools. It is. We have several students who, when they leave school in the afternoon, they ride the Boys and Girls Club bus over there uh, so that they can work on their homework and have that 
positive atmosphere until their parents can get off work and come get yeah, them. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a, an, an extension to the learning because they go there and, of course, they get something to eat. They sit down and they go over some of the school um, curriculum and then they have additional curriculum given to them that helps them continue to advance. So um, my grandkids went to Boys and Girls Club and it, it paid big dividends. Um, and uh, I don't know if they're still going this year. I think um, they chose to do something a little different. But um, it's it's a great, great program. I'm glad we have it here in Murray County. Yeah, it benefits a lot of our children. My son actually goes to Boys and Girls Club. And um, I know as a parent, as a working parent, I am thankful that he has somewhere to go after school, but is also getting extra support in reading and math and homework help and, um, you know, just extra physical activity with his friends is really important. It is. We just had Robin Perry and Lauren um, the port on here and, and they talked about the um, Boys and Girls Club and the involvement in our school district and everything that's going on and they are just such a great organization when I started with them and I think it was 2013 um, they only had two locations and today they serve uh, multiple counties and every school in our district almost every school it's not 100% but it's it's almost every school in our district um, and if you don't have uh, them in your school, they will get you to a location. Exactly. So, uh, And I think one of the things they do so well is stay in tune with the community to see what the needs are. Uh, this year when we started back to school, they already had a program for students who were either quarantined or parents chose to stay remote. That, that they could actually work there during the day, and they were really good to work with the schools to figure out what the children needed to be working on and how they could best help them. You know, on that same uh, thought pattern, let's talk a little bit about some of your community programs, um, partnerships, you know, churches, businesses that really step up and help out um, McDowell Elementary. Do you have uh, some that you'd like to uh, share with us? Uh, sure. And of course, the, the fear of doing this is that I'm going to leave someone out. So I apologize ahead of time. Um, of course, things have looked different during COVID this year. Uh, we haven't had as much of the of them being able to come into the building. Um, but always the local churches have been amazing helping us. First Methodist Church, definitely West 7th, Bridge Church, Destiny Church, um, Am I forgetting any of them? Um, West Seventh Street Church of Christ. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, and then West End Baptist also. They have always any need we've had. They have they have filled that need. Uh, they reach out to us if we're not reaching out. Say, hey, we haven't heard from you in a while. What else can we do for you? They have been amazing. But some of the things just in the past week or two that have blown me away: Bloomstall, the the new florist here in town just decided McDowell teachers needed a little extra that they're going through a lot right now. They brought a truck over with little bouquets of flowers for every staff member and teacher in the building. It was just so precious and none of the teachers knew it was coming. It was a great surprise for them. Um, Same thing, little juice company. They bring by little uh, energy shots and little energy, like kind of like sausage balls, but they're healthy. Um, uh, <laughs> bikes. <laughs> bikes. Now, there hey, we go. Energy I like bikes. Sausage balls now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so, and they just surprise us and bring those things by. The same thing. Um, Mayor Mulder and his wife Liz, and she actually is a former librarian from McDowell. Uh, they're always bringing donuts by in the morning, and um, uh, Dotted Lime does the same thing. You know, they'll even stop by Sweet Bakes and That's pick up Jensen donuts. Family. That's the great, Jensen family. That's the Jensen family. Great, great yes. family. Um, so just lots and lots of families in our community and Did churches. you not? Uh, you had a, um, a local civic organization doing backpacks for you, too. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. Yes, Rotary does yeah, that. I'm a Kiwanis member, so I appreciate any civic organization. Yes. And we help out at Kiwanis. We do, um, I think it's Brown Elementary mm-hmm. is our adopted school. And I know our Rotary Club, the, I think it's Rotary Lunch. They come in and pack up on Thursdays, so we have those to send home. Well, I'm being told we've got to take another break, so... <laughs> Uh, Thank you for being with us. We are here with McDowell Elementary School, um, Tanya Potts, Interim Principal, and Whitney Kovach, Dr. Whitney Kovach, um, School Counselor and Behavior Facilitator. We'll be right back after these words. 
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. We are here with McDowell Elementary interim principal, Miss Tanya Potts. Welcome back. Welcome back. And Dr. Whitney Kovac, the school counselor and behavior facilitator. I got that facilitator right out of my mouth this time. We were going, every time I've tried to say that, I've kind of went, uh, did, I, did I get it right? You got, got it right. right this time. Um, thank you, ladies, for joining today. I, I've really enjoyed the conversations we've had. We got off a little bit about um, Shaq and some other things, and it's been a lot of fun. So let's cover a couple more things going on in your school. I think there's some real good bragging to be done about your math and reading growth at McDowell Elementary. Oh, absolutely. Um, Of course, we just wrapped up our state testing for second through fourth grades, uh, boxing that up as we speak. Um, But we also do benchmarks in our county. And uh, at McDowell, we use AmesWeb and we use iReady. Um, The whole county does iReady for math. We've also purchased the program for reading, Um, not as an instructional tool, but to give us another measurement so that we can actually assess how our students are growing. And they're actually this week wrapping up that testing. So I'll let Dr. Kovac talk about the gains that we're seeing in our scores. Yeah, so this morning I just randomly, we're we're looking at transitioning our students to other schools. So I'm constantly looking at data and looking at seeing where our um, students are and where they need to be, that kind of thing. So I just want to give a shout out to our teachers at McDowell and our assistants because they play a big um, role in that. So on our already math assessment, our students, um, 48% of our students have met typical growth and 29 have met their stretch growth. So that's beyond what so they've exceeded. They've mm-hmm. exceeded what um, what the national norm is for this particular assessment, and that's in math. And for reading, we have forty forty percent of our students that have had typical growth, and seventeen percent have met their stretch growth. Now, granted, not every child has finished this assessment yet, but the majority of them have. Um, so I look for those to go up, and. Um, I, don't worry, I was just waving at somebody else oh, okay. in the studio. <laughs> I gave um, a peace signal. She's like, two minutes. She's looking at me like, really, already? So um, we're really excited to see the gains in our students, and um, that just goes back to that multi-tier system of support and making sure that we're supporting our students um, where they are academically, behaviorally, socially, emotionally, looking at that whole child and and um, helping them become prepared for life and um, contributing citizens to society i love that mission of um our 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 district mission and then you guys have tied right into it perfectly at the elementary school mcdowell elementary did a great job with that the math that we talked a little bit about before the break about the reading and the importance of it and the third grade and and comprehension how how important that is especially when you're in the elementary schools to be able to have an understanding and understand how to read and comprehend um, I see it um, regularly with my grandkids and, and other children I know. They're just, they're just, they seem much smarter than I was at elementary school, but I don't remember how smart I was at elementary school. I was probably a smart aleck. Um, but, uh, you know, they just, the younger kids, they just seem so much smarter nowadays. Um, and that's attributed to the great teachers and the commitment of teaching that we have in our district. Um, you know, if you read the newspaper, everybody's complaining teachers don't get paid enough. And I, I would dare to say that most teachers don't do teaching to become rich. They do need money to compensate for what they're doing, but they do teacher teach because they're passionate about it. And they love teaching. They love the little ones, the little people, as I like to call them. They love just everything they do. Now, they do need to be compensated properly. So hopefully, you know, the the articles you see in the paper will have some bearing on what happens moving into the future. And we do see some opportunities for increased salaries and stuff like that for our our teachers and administrators. But, you know, that's not a fight. We're not getting it on the radio. Um, (laughs) But it is something that is always 
not thought about, but as my daughter is a teacher, Amanda, mm-hmm. you you said you knew Amanda. Um, she goes, I would teach if I got paid half or if I got paid double. She says, I love teaching. You know, so she's going to teach because that's her passion. That's what she wants to do. Right. So I think we have that with most of our teachers in our district, is probably especially at McDowell. I've met so many great <laughs> teachers at McDowell. They are amazing. Um, the, the things that I taught when I talk to people there and and I learn more about what's going on, I'm like, wow. You know, and I actually learned how to teach. You know, I taught for Columbia State Community College for a brief stint. And teaching is something that you either really love and are good at or you just shouldn't be doing. <laughs> And I felt that after doing that for about four years, I was kind of like, this is what I should be doing, is maybe teaching. You know, I'm I'm probably not going to become a teacher, but if there's an opportunity to still do some teaching on the side, I'll probably take that opportunity. Awesome. Um, Teaching is something that is, um, we need teachers, good teachers. So... The, the fact that um, we have all these great programs at McDowell, the math and reading growth is amazing. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit before the show ends about what is going on with McDowell. Of course, in the news, um, the local news, on the radio, in the newspaper, you know, th- it has been known that McDowell will be closing. This will be the last school year for McDowell. And the students will be transitioning, I, I would guess, for, to Baker, Highland, Riverside, Howell, you know, all the schools in this in this area. Um, and the, the zoning has changed a little bit for the schools because of uh, an entire uh, school closing. Um, let's talk about a little bit about um, some of the preparations that you're doing to help the students. Um, Whitney, do you want to add anything to that right now? Um, you know, because I know you and I have talked a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I have worked with some of the school counselors around the district and helping our children transition. We will begin next week um, some of those plans that we've laid out. Um, the goal is is for our students to start building relationships with their school counselors and administrators at those schools and to also take home information to their parents so their parents have contact information over the summer, know what to look forward to, know what some of the expectations are of that school those kinds of things so next week we will start with um, meeting with some of the schools Um, the school counselor and the administrators will come in and we'll start doing some small groups with um, students and start talking about their new school that they're going to be zoned to these are the people that are here to help you um, to start building those relationships and try to make the transition um, as smooth as possible because what we know is when children are um, transitioned to schools or moved from school to school that affects academics and so absolutely we, so we want to try to um, minimize the negative impact for our students excellent and uh, Principal Poss, do you have anything to add to that? Um, Other than the fact that, um, and I think everything that she said is exactly right, but I just want to brag on her a little bit for taking this on, that this was not something that was necessarily in the works, that Dr. Kovac has organized all of this um, to make sure that Batman and Robin, that, (laughs) yeah, I, I just... I'm in awe of the work that she accomplishes well, every day, and I know you can tell that. On that note, um, traditionally on the Big Yellow School Bus, we like to close out the show with a little bit of a shout-out. So I'm oddly going to do something different today. I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to let you guys um, do your shout-outs because my shout-out is basically to everybody listening and everybody in this community that is alumni of McDowell Elementary nice. School. The history is real. You will have been part of that history. We appreciate the history of McDowell Elementary School and all the alumni of McDowell Elementary. So my shout-out is to you. If you went to McDowell Elementary, bravo. Thank you. That is awesome. I love that. All right. So who wants to go next on a a shout-out? I'll go next. I want to give a shout-out to all the grandparents. Um, I know um, my parents are grandparents, um, so shout out to me and Papa D. 
I know grandparents have really stepped up during this pandemic and helped parents out. I know mine have with my both of my children, Lily and Sawyer. And so I just want to give a shout out to all the grandparents. I see you. I hear you. Thank you for all you do for your family, for your grandkids, um, because it's so important. I, I am a grandparent, so thank you. And I, I try to I try to help out as much as I can as a grandparent to my grandkids because it's so important. And I and we didn't have that because we moved to Tennessee and we didn't bring our grandparents with us or the kids' grandparents. Yeah. So it was a little bit different for us. So we had like adopted grandparents, but I love your shout out, Whitney. Yeah, me too, Whitney. You know that's special to my heart. I was actually raised by my grandmother. So uh, I will always have a soft place in my heart for those grandparents who who step up and do everything they have to do. Um, I think my shout out is going to go to all the faculty and staff at McDowell and what they've gone through this year and the work that they have put in to make sure that these kids are making memories. They're learning, they're working, but to make sure that these last weeks at McDowell are happy weeks, fun-filled weeks. Um, We have our moments where we cry, but we don't do that in front of our kids. Um, They have maintained their professionalism in ways that I could never have expected them to. So they, they are all rock stars. That is an awesome shout out. Um, often, um, it seems like they go unrecognized, and I'm going to preempt a memo shout out that came to me today because it it reflects on McDowell Elementary. Okay, my I, do I have enough time? All right, from Carissa Blackwood. <laughs> Carissa shouts out to interim principal Potts at McDowell Elementary. When Ms. Potts first stepped into an administrative role at McDowell Elementary almost three years ago, I was completely blown away by the love, support, and understanding she shows every one of our students. Since she was asked to take over as interim principal, she has done nothing but continue to inspire me. Not only does she give all to every student, that comes in contact with, but that love and support is given to every staff member and parent as well. There was never a doubt in my mind that she would be a successful principal, but her kind of leadership is the kind that builds better educators and better people. Her positivity in the wake of a very trying year for all educators, but especially the educators in McDowell, has kept our school and climate full of fun, inspiration, and love. That was from Miss Carissa Blackwood. You tell me we weren't crying today. I know. I loved it. I had to share that one. Thank you, Carissa. This has been the Big Yellow School Bus with McDowell Elementary School. Uh, We have Dr. Kovac and Principal Potts with us today. Thank you for joining, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m., and Mondays at 4 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM, 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.